one doesn't have to be a rocket scientist or philosopher to understand that some very unhealthy things are going on in our world today. However, when it comes to figuring out exactly what we're to do about our problems, there's a lot of debate about what we should do to improve the situation. On this week's episode 151 of the Liberty Cafe, we're going to talk with Andrew Krapischetz, who believes that the, the business world, the market, is one area that needs to get a lot more attention in solving our, our social and, and theological and cultural problems, our, our faith problems even, than it is getting in our world today. Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Our guest today on the Liberty Cafe, hailing from Moscow, Idaho, Andrew is a serial entrepreneur having started and successfully exited six businesses. His current venture is Red Balloon, a job board and talent connector supporting productive workplaces and cultures free from divisive, woke nonsense. Um, he is in Austin this weekend uh, for a conference at King's Cross Church focusing on founding and building productive enterprises and institutions across generations. Andrew, welcome to the Liberty Cafe. Thanks for having me, Bill, and nice to uh, sit down with you. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So, you know, before we, I want to talk about the topic of your, your talk this weekend, yeah, yeah. But, but before we get to that, though, could you just give us a little bit of background on, you know, how you came to be where you are today. <laughs> yeah, who you are and why in the world are you on this show? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I did the dot-com thing down there. Uh, learned a lot from that. I uh, was part of a business that was, a, you know, a successful little business, and then we decided we wanted to be a dot-com, and so we took on $32 million of VC money. Um, I played some really nice rounds of golf in Tokyo and turned 21 with an expense account and had a really great time, but turns out well, you run out of money when you do those kind of things, and ta-da, we ran out of money. So, uh, And while I wasn't on the executive team of the business, I just got to kind of watch from, um, from the tech department and from the sales team, uh, got to learn a lot from that. So I moved up to Moscow, Idaho uh, 23 or so years ago. Uh, because I was tired of traffic and liberals and thought maybe um, Idaho is a better place to kind of put down some roots. Um, there was a church there that I wanted to go to. So, But when I got there, I realized there weren't a lot of great jobs. And God had gifted me with business and creating jobs, and so I thought I should create jobs for other people. So um, I have created a bunch of businesses, and one of the businesses uh, to ended up being about a $50 million tech business that we sold for almost half a billion dollars. Um, but the original goal of that of that business, which is going to sound a little crazy, was to employ 50 people earning over $50,000 a year in Moscow, Idaho. So 50 at 50, because we thought if we could do that um, in this in this little college town, it would actually start to move the needle for a Christian community that needed. Um, economic prosperity to be able to drive forward a lot of the other things that were around that and God bless that effort and so I was able to kind of follow a lot of those things um, and and it, it was a great adventure um, and everything from a 3d printing business to an economic labor market data company now uh, I sold these businesses which is great uh, that's the good news the bad news is when you sell businesses you um, tend to lose control because you now no longer own the business and so about two and a half, almost three years ago now, as kind of the COVID, BLM, George Floyd, 
world lost their minds. Right. Uh, my board decided that I needed to start doing things that I was totally uncomfortable with. They wanted me to make statements. They wanted me to uh, put a black square on everything in our business um, and just things that I was uncomfortable with. In fact, they went so far as to say, you are welcome to be a CEO who happens to be a Christian on the weekends, but you may not be a Christian CEO. And so wow. uh, we were trying to build a culture in this business that was, um, you know, it's going to sound funny to say it this way, but inclusive of everyone, right? It was not a prerequisite. There were Christians. We had hundreds of employees all over the world. Um, but I was the CEO. I was unapologetic as a conservative Christian. And so um, I thought about how do I run a business as a Christian? How do I really deeply think about this? And it was things like, you know, we're going to have a kegerator in the office and nobody's going to get drunk on company time. We are... Um, not going to talk behind each other's back. We're not going to have office politics. We are going to not have guys and girls travel uh, because that's rife for uh, temptation. Where you know, right. so just kind of thinking through what are the practical ramifications of being a Christian in the office without requiring that of everyone around you. Well, the board didn't like those things, and even though the business was growing at 25% a year with a 40% margin and just creating an enormous amount of cash for the owners. Um, I was the wrong CEO for them. So I got removed for perception, not performance. And this was kind of a moment where like, okay, well, um, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to just kind of relax. I have a huge housing development I'm doing in Moscow. I own commercial real estate. Uh, I've got five kids. We have 60 acres and three big dogs. I'm going to take a year to shellac a little bit and not worry about these things. Um, and about that lasted about two months. And I'm not very good at retirement or slowing down, evidently. So a friend kind of came to me and said, hey, you know, what happened to you where you basically had to make a decision between your job and your values? It's probably going to happen to a lot of other Americans where they're going to be put in a very precarious situation. And for conservatives and for Christians, if you are given the opportunity, if, if, if you're told, hey, you need to change your mind or we're going to kick you off Facebook, most of us would be like, well, that's just not that big a deal. I don't care. Right. Um, and grandma can get pictures some other way, right? Uh, but if they say um, you need to compromise or you're going to lose your ability to feed your kids and pay your mortgage, well, exactly. that is a lever that is extremely tempting to a lot of conservatives to compromise something they hold dear. Uh, whether that was vaccine issues, you know, wherever you land on that issue, uh, people were not given the choice. And so that's when I founded Red Balloon. That's my current adventure, redballoon.work. Um, it's a job board that is focused on pro-freedom. And it is a place where people can come and find an employer that will respect their values and just let them live their values out loud. Um, whether that is, I don't want to go through DEI training or anything else, that's what redballoon.work is. Um, and we have been very blessed in less than two years. We have over 3,500 employers and over a million and a half job seekers. And we have been able to grow a community of people who are focused on freedom at work and getting back to what made America great, which is meritocracy, hard work, and um, not being offended constantly. So anyway, sorry, that was a long answer no, to a no. short question. But there you go. There's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great story. You know, it's, you talked about you know pro freedom, and you talked about diversity. It's it's we we all see this happening everywhere. But you see these companies that are all about diversity, right? Except when you're talking about things like you were talking that's about, right. right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it, it, there is this weird. Uh, there's very much a double standard, and it's funny because diversity, equity, inclusion that everyone's so excited about, those are not bad words in and of themselves. And in fact, pronouns, let's, 
you know, pronouns are this well, very... Well, they're Christian ideals, they right? They are. Like the Trinity. Like there's diversity and unity. Like um, you go through all of these things and actually accepting people and loving people. You might not love the sin, but you love the people always, right? And so like all of these concepts are very Christian concepts, but they've been weaponized against people who actually believe what the word meant before. So um, that's kind of the time and place we're in right now. Yeah, but before we get to the topic here again, so when with Red Balloon, do people finding capable, you're at the point where people are capable of finding jobs in, in their area a lot of times, sure. or are they having to move across the country, or what's that looking like? Yeah, obviously we have a, we have a number of remote jobs, and so if you want to continue to live in your community, go to your church, uh, maybe your kids plugged into their school, um, there are opportunities where you can be free at work with a remote job. Um, you know, with 3,500 employers, that's I'll call that um, a good start, but we have a long way to go to be able to build to an Indeed or a ZipRecruiter, one of the big job right. boards. But the reality is um, it's really important to find a job where you can be free. And if you look at the big job boards out there, and I'll pick on Indeed because it's here in Austin, um, right. they will pay. They have a nice big building. Big building, and they'll pay for their employees to get abortions. Um, and if their employees are trapped or stuck in states that don't allow them to do transition surgery for their children, um, mutilate their kids, then they will pay up to $10,000 to help that employee move to a state wow. where they can do things for their kids. So when you're spending money on Indeed, that's where your money's going, right? And so um, while Red Balloon is not there, we're still scaling. Um, and it's totally free for a job seeker. You can go to redballoon.work, you can fill out a profile. Um, you can look for jobs and employers can start to look for you and start to find you and these are uh, great employers you look at moms for america or turning point usa or strive financial um, these are organizations that are trying to rebuild um, the american economy the right way um, and you're going to find a lot of them on redballoon.org okay well i wish you all the best with that. Thank you. Uh, that that's a great thing to be doing in this world today so let's talk a little bit about about your your topic today the topic at the conference uh it, you're this evening right that's it yep. yeah so not too far away is, is going to be is how to become an ambitious christian business leader right? yeah and i'm looking forward to hearing that but but maybe we could start off by by answering the question or explaining to us what is christian ambition right um i think this is something that we've lost a lot of because we've all seen pagan ambition right we've seen people who are selfishly striving to go and accomplish as much for their own fame and fortune and so it, it, christians like a lot of christians kind of backed out of politics because they thought well there's a lot of evil in politics and they were right they decided we need to have nothing to do with that and that happened you know um, decades ago but it really we're still feeling the consequences of that well um, i would say a lot of christians have had this kind of disconnect between the sacred secular divide they've said okay, I'm either going to be good at business and be uh, ambitious in a pagan way, or I'm going to be very pious and not ambitious because I want to be a good Christian. Um, and I would like to redeem this Christian ambition where um, you see all throughout the Bible, there's so much ambition that is godly ambition, right? So God tells Abraham, um, you are going to bless all the nations. Like, you're not just going to bless this little pocket. You're not just like, that is a huge ambitious thing. Right. right, that should be completely overwhelming, right? And you go um, all the way down. Jesus, when he was tempted by Satan, you know, in the desert, 
um, the temptation where he says, I'll have all the nations bow down to you, right? Well, if it was a real temptation for Jesus, it means Jesus wanted the nations to bow down to him, right? He was ambitious, and you see in Psalm 10, like, until all your enemies are my footstool. And so yeah. there, there is a, a pattern in the Bible of saying, no, we want to be ambitious, but we don't want to be ambitious for our own name. We want to be ambitious for God's name. And as an ambitious Christian business person, um, there are a great amount of upsides as long as you're dying to self and being ambitious for others. And when you do that, God tends to bless that. And then you have an opportunity to manage people, to be a leader in your community. There's so many upsides that come along with a right um, orientation to Christian ambition where you are dying to self, being ambitious for others, and God lifts you up. And that's okay. That's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. Well, you, you talked a, a little bit earlier about how some of these things that had played out in, in your life and in, in your workforce. Could you could you go in a little bit more detail about what Christian ambition looks like in, in business? What I mean, what are the the goals for a, a businessman, business person going out there and trying to uh, what are they trying to accomplish? Yeah. So a couple of things that I'll give. Like I talked about uh, fifty of fifty. We wanted fifty people earning over fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, well, that only happens if we are building a business that is profitable. I mean, you could do 50 at 50 and completely run out of money and go out of business. Um, but if you are doing it well, it's the, the end result of what we're trying to accomplish is prosperity for people in the church so that they can be giving more, so that if they want their kids to go to a Christian school, they can. If they want their wife to be able to stay home with the kids, they can. They can afford that. Well, my ambition, which... Um, required a lot of hard work and late nights and all the things that go along with striving to be excellent um, right. was so that all these people would have um, the blessing of a prosperous Christian life. Well, as a side note, I did end up making a bunch of money in the process, and money is not the the sole measuring stick for ambition. You can be ambitious for your church, you can be ambitious for your family, um, but you need to set bigger goals than just, you know, we're just coasting along and unfortunately I've talked to so many Christian business people and Christian people in general who are just kind of like well I'm raising my kids I'm paying my bills I'm sitting on the couch and watching Fox News at night <laughs> like no get out there and do something great push yourself really really hard to do it for other people so that's one example another example I started Red Balloon um, and for context um, when I started Red Balloon, I had just sold a business for a half a billion dollars, and the job offers I was getting to run other businesses were pretty extravagant, right? Because other businesses wanted me to do the same thing for them. Um, but I started Red Balloon because I wanted to be a blessing to all those Christians or conservatives out there who were being put in a spot where they were um, being asked to compromise their values so that they could keep their job. And so um, I fully intend, by the grace of God, to build Red Balloon into a billion-dollar business. There's no reason if Indeed can do it, why can't I? But I am being ambitious in that so that I can bless as many people as possible. So it's all about orientation. It doesn't mean, in a lot of ways, it looks very similar. I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to set goals that everyone thinks I'm crazy to even strive for. But I'm going to do it to bless other people. Um, and the way that God built the world, when you deeply work hard to bless other people, that blessing tends to come back around on your own head. Um, and so a lot of the actions of an ambitious pagan or an ambitious Christian can look similar, but it's all about your orientation. Are you seeking to bless other people or are you just seeking to bless, bless yourself? Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. 
not everybody in this world has the uh, gift of entrepreneurship like you do and, and able to, to take your success and, and build it kind of in your way, even yeah, though yeah, you ran into sure. some problems with that <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, along those lines. Um, but you weren't at a place where your, uh, your, your livelihood was on the line when you're That's doing right. through, through that. But other people, and you, and you mentioned this other, other people are at that situation. Um, how do they be, how are they supposed to be ambitious Christians other than coming to uh, Red Balloon and finding a job through you? Sure. How yeah, are yeah. they supposed to be ambitious Christians in this woke world that they're dealing with and right. where they have nowhere else to go today? Right. And, and, um, and it's a great question. And there are a lot of people that that is this, the spot that they're in right now. And I would say you need to have a bigger goal than just trying to keep your job and that's it and keep your head down you need to understand that 50 years from now 100 years from now um, you are going to be remembered not based on where you played it safe but where you were ambitious and tried hard now that looks like acting like a Christian at work all the way down right when you're invited out to the parties where everyone is having more to drink than they should you're either not at that party or you're not uh, you're standing out like a sore thumb because you are unwilling to do something that you believe is contrary to what you should be doing. Um, it means that you don't talk behind people's back in the workplace. Um, that's going to differentiate you surprisingly from everyone else. Um, if mm -hmm. It also means that you are not afraid to come out with your values and be courageous. And we've got lots and lots of stories. So at Red Balloon, we encourage a lot of people to, we thought the month of June is a good month to come out conservative. And so coming out conservative in the month of June, and what that meant is you don't, you're not shrill, you're not um, jamming it down everyone's throat like the left might do. You're just saying when someone asks, how was your weekend? If you had a glorious Sunday at church with your family and then went to a potluck, say, you know what? I had a glorious Sunday at church with my family and the sermon was amazing and I went to a potluck. So I had an, just an incredible weekend. Well, you'll be surprised how many people would be afraid to even come out and say that. But what was interesting is when we encouraged people to do that and we got um, thousands of notes from people who did, they said, you know, what I found is that 95% of my office agreed with me, thought that was great, but we were all self-censoring because we were so afraid of, um, of the three, I'll call them woke tards, in the, in the office that were pushing an agenda. And so that's the type of ambition where you need to get beyond just, I'm in survival mode, keep my head down. Like, no, what am I trying to accomplish for my office? How am I going to be spreading the gospel in the way that I act? You don't have to go around handing out pamphlets. Right. But you can live like a Christian. And I will tell you, I've been able to lead a number of people to the Lord in the work environment because they're like, okay, so why are you so joyful? Like, <laughs> that was a bad situation, yeah. and you handled it with joy and grace. Um, that is the biggest witness you can ever have. And when they're coming to you asking for, you know, hey, can we grab a beer after work because I want what you have? Um, that's an ambition that Christians should have at work. And if they can't tell any difference between you and everybody else in the office, um, I think you need to be more ambitious for your office. You and I are both in the reformed world, and but you know, but a lot of times being in Texas politics, I run more often into uh, folks in the uh, dispensational world, Bible yeah. churches, and things yep. like that, and it just baffles me, some amazes me sometimes how politically active some of those folks are right mm -hmm. i mean the, the the pastors are out there preaching they're having candidates into their churches and now i'm not necessarily saying all those are the best way to go but but still getting engaged in the in the political world culture that way ha has some 
important things. But in the Reformed world, often, you pro- not, not a problem at your church, but in the Reformed world often, we, we see churches that have really good, they preach the gospel, they have really good sermons, you know, you get good Bible studies and Sunday schools and stuff like that. But they're not really, you know, and they're, they're supporting you with personal piety goals, right. but they're not really necessarily focused on helping people accomplish this, this Christian ambition out in the culture. How, do, how are we supposed to change that in, in the Reformed world today? Yeah, no, in the Reformed world, we preach a really good sermon and then retreat to our library to read big, heavy books. Um, and, and I don't think that's what the Bible calls us to, um, just because it's our temptation to want to um, delve deeply into these things and my uh, wife teaches doctrine at the kids school and like we love to you know I had a long uber ride yesterday and talked about eschatology with a guy the whole time and he's a dispensationalist <laughs> and it, yeah I could have been speaking Greek to him so uh, so that's great but you need to um, you need you know the Great Commission's a real thing um, and we need to be out um, living that out in the way that we um, that we act, the way that we start businesses, the way that we raise our kids, the way that we write, start schools. Um, and, and again, it, ambition is not all about making money, right? Uh, Doug Wilson is, our, is my pastor, and he has started a college and a school and a school association that I'm on the board of now, and lots and lots of things, because he's ambitious for uh, the gospel to spread, for people to adopt a deeply Christian worldview in the way that they think about things. And so um, I think that's the way we should be thinking about it. And you don't, it doesn't have to necessarily be politics, although I do think, um, you know, all throughout the Bible, the great events, you know, um, Caesar Augustus, like, well, why do we know his name? Because when um, when great things happen, you do mark time by who's in politics because the leader, who the king is, it matters, right? Okay, so I do think that politics are something that we need to be more involved in. But if you feel like, look, I'm not called to be an entrepreneur, I'm not called to be involved in politics, what you can be called to is be doing more than you are right now. One of the, my central points from my talk tonight will be that you don't get a refund if there's anything left in the tank when you die. And so you, you need to be um, pouring yourself out for your family, for your community, for your church. Um, and pick the thing that God has specifically gifted you for. If it's politics, amen, go after it. If it's starting a school, if it's starting a soup kitchen, if it's um, serving at your church, be more ambitious with your time. Don't you know, throw away your TV and spend more time serving others. Um, and I think when you start to do little steps, God blesses that, right? You have one talent, and all of a sudden you've got two talents, um, and at some point you're the governor of Texas piece of cake yeah there, there you go good uh, you mentioned your your wife a little bit earlier and, and it got me thinking about so a, a lot of Christian women you know they have Christian ambition but they don't necessarily have this ambition to make it in the business world right yeah. they, their ambition often centers around being a wife and a mother and taking care of a household you know yet if you go back to like Proverbs you know a, a lot of the there's a lot of commerce going on in the life of the Proverbs 31 woman, right? Yes, for sure. How, how does this this concept of a of a Christian uh, ambition, Christian business leader, apply to women? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, you know, I had a I had a board uh, or I had an executive team at my last company that was a bunch of guys, 
And someone said, well, you don't have a very, very diverse executive team. And I said, well, every single one of these guys has a very strong marriage, which means they're going home and having a great conversation with their wife and getting great input um, into how we should be running this business in a way that's going to be very, very successful. And, and it was clear because I was getting really great perspectives from guys, and guys tend to be a little binary in the way that they think about things. So, right. so that's the first thing. Uh, my wife and I talk about our business all the time. Um, but... You know, we were ambitious to have very godly kids that are going to change the world. Um, and while my oldest is 19, so I don't know if it's worked out so far, so good. Um, and he does all the video work for Red Balloon. Um, he's about to, he finished a year at NSA, and then he's headed off to Africa. He's going to go to African Christian University in Zambia. Um, and he wants to make is that a dent Vody in the world. Bacham is? That's Vody Bakum. Yep, okay. yep. So he wants to go make a dent in the world and see the world and... Um, and so my wife poured herself out for these children and as a stay-at-home mom. But then when they moved out, uh, first thing she did is she wrote a book. She wrote a book, Popes and Feminists, because she has a whole bunch of degrees. She's Dr. Krapuschetz. I'm sub-GED Krapuschetz. So uh, <laughs> we make a good team. Uh, wrote a book, Popes and Feminists, just talking about how um, a lot of the teaching of the Catholic Church actually led to some of the feminist thinking that we have today. Uh, I'd recommend the book, obviously. Um, I'm a fan. Um, and now she teaches at the kids' school because she's like, I still want to be part of their lives. I want to use um, all these degrees and this education, this reading that I have to bless other people. And so ambition should look different, but she's still like, we work really hard. She's grading every night, and I'm writing emails every night, and, and we're absolutely a team. And so I think you can be ambitious for your kids and say, I want to pour myself into these kids, and I don't want them to just um, be middle-of-the-road milquetoast Christians. I want them to go make a dent in the world. And if nobody knows who I am, but my kids go out and do great things for the gospel, amen, fantastic. That's the right kind of Christian ambition for a woman. Yeah. Well, great. That's good. So, you know, when when we look back, you know, we've got all these big mega corporations and things like this today. And, and big business is not a new concept. But when you look back through history, often big businesses were the were the realm of big families. Right? Yeah. And you see saw a lot of that, you know, back in the medieval times and, and you know, sometimes they gathered together and through guilds and things like that. But but today's modern the concept of a modern cop corporation has kind of taken families out of the picture. Do, do you see where maybe a proper application of you know, Christian ambition might bring the families back into the enterprise level um, enterprise level yeah absolutely I'm actually a huge fan of nepotism I know it kind of got a bad name as long as you're willing to fire your brother-in-law because he's really bad at what he does um, I, I'm a big fan of bringing in family members uh, and we've done that pretty heavily at Red Balloon um, but I also think that look this is where you can be ambitious within the skills and the gifts that God's given you if you can start a family business while maintaining your full-time job what you're doing is you're teaching your kids to work hard you are teaching your kids all about business. Whenever I'm buying a new commercial property, I talk it through with my kids. I'm like, okay, what is the angle I'm missing here? How do we want to build a model to cash flow this thing? Um, and so you need to be raising kids that are going to go out and be ambitious and change the world. Um, and that's generally not done by um, playing video games and watching movies. And so my encouragement to people is, yeah, start a home business. Um, and when that home business gets bigger, you have an opportunity to work with your kids. Again, my oldest son, Jackson, he does all the video work for redballoon.work. Um, and it's extraordinary to work with your older kids and have them be someone who's making a really meaningful impact on your business 
um, and you can talk through things together and you can work on things together um, it is there's nothing sweeter than doing that so I would encourage That's people great. starting a business even if it's so that your kids can learn how to work and learn business with you is an amazing opportunity okay well as we wrap up here I, you know you you talked about there's lots of different ways that people can pursue their Christian ambition and but you've you know you've particularly chosen the marketplace you know yeah. free enterprise and things like that but there's a lot you know politics or higher education or the, the theater or the media or things like that why why have you chosen to go in and do this in the business world yeah is there other than your just regular your gifts and talents sure and gifts and talents should be a huge driver in this i guess the, the one thing that i point to is business is an opportunity to bless people at scale and let me unpack that basically if you like going and taking meals to people um, who are sick or had a baby or whatever that's a great instinct but if you decide i want to go take meals to 100 families every night you are probably going to die and your budget's gonna be broken. So, okay, so what's another way that we can solve that? Well, business is a way to use market forces to be able to bless people at scale. So DoorDash or one of these food delivery services, they're delivering millions of meals because they figured out an economic model that allowed for that to work. And so yeah. business is an opportunity to bless at scale in a way that you can't just do it in a philanthropic way. Um, and so if I just decided I'm going to connect all the job seekers and businesses in the country um, who are pro-freedom so that I can just, you know, do great things for the country and I'm not going to charge anybody anything, um, I probably would just, it would have just gone away, right? But I've figured out a model and you're constantly grappling with this market tension. How do we pay the bills and bless our customers and all of that and that's just a it's a fun game for me and it's an opportunity to bless people at scale that can only be accomplished if it's a business yeah i'm, I'm a big fan of um, the austrian school of economics yeah, you know, absolutely ludwig von mises and murray rothbard i mean it, it those folks have some limits because they're not christians but nonetheless they they seem to have a really great understanding of how god designed the world to work in that and one of the things they really focus on is 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 the lack of coercion in a free market, right? Mm -hmm. where, where there is the, this freedom you talk about, and you've mentioned, exists right there in the transactions. There's there's no coercion going on yep. like there is when government's involved. It just, it, it embodies, I think, a lot of, you know, some people in, in my circle sometimes think I'm conflating Christian liberty with political and civic liberty, but, but I'm not. They're two separate things. But nonetheless, if we have liberty in Jesus Christ, yeah. the rest of our lives ought to look like that. If 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 the world is looking living out Christian liberty, it ought to be liberty in a lot of different areas. And that seems like one great opportunity within the business world. Yeah, I think that's it. And and we know that there is no freedom apart from Christ. Um, but and I'm a post millennial. You know, as the as the waters cover the sea and you know the the rock from daniel that kept growing until it was a great mountain um, as the church continues to grow we should be redeeming the way that we think about work and the workplace um, and we should show the world what true freedom is um, in business and that can only be done from a christian mindset well, that's a good way of wrapping up uh, the Liberty Cafe today. Really appreciate you being here with us, Andrew. And you enjoy your trip and, and enjoy the conference and uh, have a safe trip home. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. 
You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.